Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, and this is going to be for Second Samuel chapter 19. And it, and it was told Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people, for the people heard say that day, that day how the king had grieved for his son. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city, as people, being ashamed, steal away when they flee in, in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house of the to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines, in that thou lovest thine enemies and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom have, have lived, and all we had died this day, then it would then it had pleased thee well. Now, therefore, arise, go forth, and speak comfortably, or speak to the heart, i.e., show appreciation unto thy servants. For I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night, and that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth until now. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told him all the people, saying, Behold, the king doth sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king, for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And King David sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house, seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house? Ye are my brethren, ye are, the, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore, then are ye the last to bring back the king? And, ye, and say ye to Amasa, Art thou not of, of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed, it, bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Judah, and Judah came to Gilgal and to, to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shammai, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Bahurim, hasted and, got, and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. David bore the tragedy so bitterly that he nearly lost the kingdom by insulting those who had defeated him, who had defended him. He inspired, or he insisted upon lamenting the death of one against whom his loyal subjects had fought in order to save their king. Joab's harsh words brought David around. Though Joab's counsel was needed and justified, his words were harsh and disrespectful, and probably contributed to David's decision to replace his as, to replace him as commanding general. In his attempts to reconcile the unrest in the kingdom, David not only accepted the repentant spirit of all the tribes, but sent emissaries to Judah, among whom the rebellion had first broken out and promised them forgiveness, pledging that Amasa, Absalom's general, would replace Joab. 
So far as the fact itself is concerned, it was certainly wise of David to send to the, to the members of his own tribe and appeal to them not to be behind the rest of the tribes in taking part in his restoration to the kingdom, lest it should appear as though the tribe of Judah, to which David himself belonged, was dissatisfied with his victory since it was in that tribe that the rebellion itself first broke out, and this would inevitably feel feed the jealousy between Judah and the rest of the tribes. But it was not only unwise, but unjust to give to Amasa, the traitor general of the rebels, a promise on, on oath that he should be commander-in-chief in the place of Joab. For even if the promise was only given privately at first, the fact that it had been given could not remain a secret from Joab very long and would be sure to stir up his ambition and lead him to the commission of fresh crimes, and in all probability the enmity of this powerful general would become dangerous to the throne of David. For however Joab might have excited David's anger by slaying Absalom, and by the offensive manner in which he had reproved the king for for giving way to his grief, David ought to have suppressed his anger in his existing circumstances and ought not to have rendered evil for evil, especially as he was not only about to pardon Amasa's crime, but even to reward him as one of his faithful servants, and that was by Keel. It is almost as though after his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, the light that gave David his political genius went out. His actions during this extreme crisis were of blind loyalty to an evil son and of one foolish decision after another. That was out of the manual. Verse 17, And there was a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba the, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. And Shammai the son of Gera fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that the which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth, not, doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first day, the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. And Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, answered and said, Shall not Shammai be put to death for this? Behold, or because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah, that ye should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am the I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shammai, Thou shalt not die, and the king sware unto him. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came in again in peace. And it came to pass, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest thou, wentest not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant, deceived me. For, my, for thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass, that I may ride thereon and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. And he, he hath slandered thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is, an, is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king, yet didst thou set thy servant amongst them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, for as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Birzali the Gileadite came down from Rogalim, 
and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. And now Birzali was a very aged man, even fourscore years old, that's 80, and he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Mahinaim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Birzali, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Birzali said unto the king, How long have I to live, that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat, or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore, then should thy servant be yet a burden unto my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king, and why should the king recompense it me with such a, re- a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in mine own city, and be buried by the grace of my, by the grave of my father and of my mother. But behold, thy servant Chimham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee, and whatsoever thou shalt require of him, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan, and when the king was come over, the, over, the king kissed Beerzali and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him, and all the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half of the people of Israel. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king, and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household, and all David's men with him, over Jordan? And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near of kin to us. Wherefore then be ye angry with this matter? Have ye, have we eaten at all of the king's cost, or hath he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah, and said, We we have ten parts in the king, and we have also more right in, the, in David than ye. Why then did ye despise us, that our advice should not be first had it bring, had in bringing in bringing back our king. And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel, the beginning of the end of the unity of Israel. As David and his armies returned to Jerusalem after paying tribute to Beerzali, a violent quarrel broke out between the leaders of Judah and the leaders of the other tribes who felt that Judah was monopolizing David. As a result of this conflict, the leaders of the other tribes of Israel stormed off in high vexation, leaving Judah alone to escort David back to Jerusalem. This incident portended a whole new round of revolution. The revolt of Sheba could scarcely have been a real threat to David's rule, but once again the animosity of the other tribes was manifested against Judah and resulted in the eventual division of the house of Israel. And that was out of the Institute Manual. We can see that the division is beginning between the northern and the southern tribes, and and, uh, Solomon will do his best to bring all of that back together. Anyway, we'll see what happens next. That's the end of the chapter. See you next time. Bye.